Hi, and welcome to Math and Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is Friday, August 12th, 2022. This is season two, episode number 32 of our show. And I appreciate your tuning in today. You know, it just occurred to me, I hadn't even planned to start this way. You know, it's funny, you know, 15 seconds into the show, I'm already going off the set list here because as soon as I said the date, August 12th, it made me think of the following. Now, August 12th was a, a date which will live in infamy uh, for me and anyone who is a fan of the game of baseball, especially if you were 12 years old at this time, it was August 12th, 1994. That was the day the strike started. It was, uh, it was a Friday, as I recall, and it was like there should have been a whole weekend slate of games, and uh, and they didn't they didn't play any of them. Uh, 1994, as I said, I was 12 years old. It was my uh, my final year of little league. We had just come off a nine and four season yeah nine and four in 94 and uh i was at the i would say that the height of my baseball watching time i mean when you're 12 years old that's when you when you want this to happen is in the game and playing the game and following the players following the stats and then it all got taken away from us with the strike in 1994 and it's funny i still think of like august 12th is there anything else uh, bigger that ever happened on August 12th? No. When somebody says to me August 12th, I'm thinking baseball strike. Still mad about that one almost 30 years later. But I am happy to bring you this podcast today. We are not going on strike. Uh, I don't even know who I'd strike against. It, it doesn't even make any sense. I mean, I'd, I'd do this for free. And I was reminded of my little league days if you wanted to call it that and my youth over this past week as well that's that's the hook for today's show and i was actually at the park where i used to play little league one of them sherry Lindsay park on the north side of binghamton because yeah i I spent my vacation in binghamton new york yeah hilarious right that um yeah binghamton is no vacation you may be wondering why Last week's episode was called, I think it's the Vacation Recap, and today's going to be, you know, Binghamton Recap. Well, Mike, why didn't you tie those two things together? Totally separate events, totally separate events. There's vacation, and then there's a trip to Binghamton. As I say, Binghamton ain't no vacation. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite of a vacation. And uh, that's that's what I was doing for 30 years when I used to live there. Just like I say, uh, Binghamton is the opposite of Loudoun County, like where I live now. It's it's the polar opposite. It's it's the anti-Loudoun. Binghamton is the place where things are getting closed down and things are going out of business and people are moving away. I'm one of the people that moved away. Whereas in Loudoun County, things are growing, things are expanding, things are going up, things are new. They keep building new schools. I mention that because I, I know that's the uh, that's my employer, Loudoun County Public Schools. 
They're up over 90 school buildings now. In Binghamton, where I grew up, there was 10. And all I could hear talk of when I was in my hometown this past week, it, hey, Mike, did, did you know they're they're gonna close down one of the schools? Like, they mean again? I mean, they've they've done this before. That now Binghamton is the uh, the biggest school district, and we do it by municipality there instead of county, which is so ridiculous. Anyway, Binghamton is the biggest municipality around, for at least a fifty mile radius or so. We have ten. I think there's ten. Ten schools in the district. That's such a huge number. Most districts have like three. That. Um, that they're going to shut down one of them. You know, there's seven elementary schools. They're going to close down one of them, including potentially the place where I went to elementary school, Thomas Jefferson Elementary School. Now, I don't mean to perpetuate a rumor. Like, this this made local news. I mean, if, and the news. Like, if you're watching TV news or read the newspaper in Binghamton, like people still do, you would have seen this already, and nothing's been decided yet. But, yeah, they'll... They'll close down one of the schools, apparently, and then, like, redraw the lines. They, they've done it before. It's amazing to me that they they would have to do this. They're like, the, the population has shrunk so much, it's not worth it for them to keep all these school buildings open anymore. Though, not as amazing as when they have to close down a church. Yeah, that's that's right. It's so ridiculous, the place where I grew up, that, like, churches go out of business. <laughs> There's just... They lose all their parishioners and they have to shut down church because they just don't have the people anymore. Or let's say that there was, uh, you know, three churches in one neighborhood and they have to shut it down to two because, like, they just, you know, redraw the lines for the churches, too. Anyway, in addition to the pathetic shopping mall and and uh, other stores that have all gone out, like, the road. And this is not exactly something to be uh, celebrated. Actually, maybe this should be celebrated. These things going in business, like the the strip of college bars that I frequented at one point in my life. Now, as you drive by there, it's it's just like just dead, just just dark on that that block, that one block of commerce. That uh, and it's a place that's just gone out of business. Ah, maybe that should be a good thing. Bars shutting down. Anyway, yeah. The temperance movement would be happy with this. So, I hate to make it sound all bad. Binghamton does have a few redeeming characteristics. Namely, that, like, the five people that I'm still friends with who live in Binghamton all still live there and are willing to see me. That That's the only reason I go. There's, like, five people in Binghamton that I still talk to, and I, I saw all of them this past weekend, <laughs> including my mom, who's the, the main reason for me going there. Anyway, there's also some uh, some walking trails, which I enjoy doing here. The beautiful thing about walking trails in Binghamton is that nobody lives there and nobody is exercising. That's just a ridiculous notion. So all these things are they're completely empty. You're never going to encounter a soul on the uh, various walking trails of Binghamton, including the... Uh, now, I'd never heard this before, that... Um, now, Binghamton has two rivers. It is the confluence of the Susquehanna and the Shenango rivers run through Binghamton. And it's actually where the... Well, no, it's where the Shenango ends. I was about to say where it starts. No, it's where the Shenango River ends in Binghamton. 
And uh, from that point, if you walk uh, across the Susquehanna, a little bit south, there is a, uh, there's a walking trail. There's actually a pedestrian bridge and then a walking trail that'll take you north up the beginning or end, depending on how you look at it, of the Shenango River. And you can walk along the Shenango River. And it's been called various things. It's like the, the, you know, the Shenango River Trail or the Shenango River Promenade or the, uh, you know, the, the walking tour of the Shenango. I saw a sign... Uh, as I was there this weekend, it said it called it the Greenway. Greenway? Like the two rivers, something Greenway? Like, no, 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 no. Greenway, that's the name of the road near me. Like, if you're from Loudoun County, that's that's the dullest Greenway from Leesburg to the airport. And a to- I don't even know how much it costs, what the toll is, because I'm too cheap to, to, uh, to pay it. I think it's like six or seven bucks, depending on the time of day. The only time I ever go on the Greenway is I'm running on the Greenway. I think I mentioned that 5K race I did some months ago. That's the only time I'm ever going on the Greenway. This weekend, I walked on the Binghamton, apparently it's called the Greenway, or me, just the river trail along the Shenango. It, it was quite lovely, because I said no one's there. Until, until I got to the point that was furthest I could have possibly been from my car and it starts to absolutely downpour it's unexpected just total hurricane and I had forgotten that this happens in being it happens all the time I'm out of practice and as I say I'm I couldn't be farther from my car I'm like two miles away from my car and there was nothing I do no rain jacket no umbrella it's just I'm just gonna get drenched right now walking all the way back to my car. It was so ridiculous. The, like the amount of rain that I was carrying at that point, just on my clothes, I'm sure my clothes had like 10 pounds of water on them. It was, it was awful. And uh, I had to go to my hotel immediately and, and take a shower. And the, the worst part of it was I hadn't even checked in yet. Like, I, this was my first day in Binghamton. I got there early and I visit my mom and then I'm near the walking trail so I wanted to see a little bit. Got totally soaked before I even checked into my hotel. So when I walk into my hotel for the first time, I'm sure I cut quite a figure. I'm completely drenched and I was like sweaty plus rain plus a little like just disheveled from having been on the road for so many hours. And I'm sure I just looked like a hobo walking in. It's, it, I mean, I felt so bad. I'm like, first of all, I'm very sorry, ma'am. Like I speak to the desk clerk, and it's like I, I, I'm not just some guy off the street. Like I really did make a reservation. Like I'm a regular person, and everything. With it, here's my driver's license. Here's my credit card. I booked this room months ago. I, 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 I yes, I really need a shower. I know, and uh, they were nice about it. So, like I go into my room just take all those clothes off immediately and they just sat on the floor for the next two days like I didn't even touch them they're just they're gonna dry as much as they could and then they're coming back to northern Virginia with me and that was that was quite an inauspicious beginning to my Binghamton trip now I I did go back the next day and finish I say finish the quote because really I mean you could walk along the river for however many miles it goes I mean you could spend days following the rivers of upstate New York but the the paved trail I went back and did 
the rest of it the next day um, and just became one of several walking trails I did, including uh, Jones Park, which is in Vestal, and the Glen, uh, which is part of the, uh, the old IBM Glen, run by Waterman uh, Conservation now. That the, the place, I swear they don't advertise these places because they don't want people actually walking on them. The, the people who know about it like want to keep that info to themselves. Like they, they got a good thing going. Don't want too many people coming and walking on their trails. Outside of Binghamton, there are some, some nice uh, like walk-through-the-woods neighborhoods. And I should say also that I'm on my way south, like past Jones Beach, which is on a road called State Line Road that really does touch New York and Pennsylvania. Cross over into Pennsylvania, head down to Montrose, and I went to the Montrose Blueberry Festival. This was like a highlight of my trip because... Uh, I got to see my old band and some of my old band mates from the Blue Velvet Dance Band with whom I played when I was in high school. I and mean, I started playing with this, these guys, I think, in, I don't know what the year was, but I'm pretty sure it started with 19. And uh, that was like my first, my first real band, you know, that I, I was playing with guys who were, you know, twice my age, three times my age. That the guys who had like played during the real swing era here we are in the swing revival of the 90s and 2000s. Still know a lot of guys in the band. Good to see them again. And uh, I got to see a legit blueberry pie eating contest. That's right. This is what you expect when you go to a small town blueberry festival. Like they're going to have a pie eating contest straight standby me style. Like if you grew up in the 80s, you're only thinking about one thing, pie eating contest. And yeah, yeah. Luckily, nobody uh, nobody spiked the stuff, or or nobody was drinking castor oil <laughs> ahead of time, and uh, there were there were no calamities of uh, at least none that I saw. But I, I thought that was really cool, and I I appreciate getting to see because you don't see a blueberry pie eating contest every day, and I don't get to see the folks from Blue Velvet nearly often enough, and. Later this af that afternoon, I took a couple of guys from Blue Velvet, just like I did in the early 2000s, took the drummer and the bass player from Blue Velvet, put them with my trio. And for the first time in over a decade, Mike O'Connell Trio Classic had a gig that afternoon. And that was like, uh, uh, if the Blueberry Pie Eating Contest wasn't the uh, highlight of my trip, well, th this one I guess was getting together with uh, Mike Stabella and Tom Fedorovich and playing some Mike O'Connell trio tunes. As I said, for the first time in a decade, I'd, I'd seen those guys previous, but uh, I sat in with Blue Velvet once, but we hadn't played as a trio in over 10 years. It's like falling off a bicycle. You never forget. And uh, I had fun that day, and I had fun today, too. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Math and Musings. Tune in next Friday and every Friday for more math and more musings. In the interim, for more information or to contact, well, you can email. Or you can head to MikeOConnellJr.com.